You're listening to Racing HQ with Dave Stanley on Sky Sports Radio. Could be one of my favourite parts of the week now. It's an opportunity when we get to chat with Vince Accardi from the Daily Sectionals, of course, for those that are out there and interested to get involved with Vince and his uh, program, uh, you can jump on dailysectionals.com.au. It's horse racing sectional times and analysis. Good morning, Vince. Top of the morning to you, Dave. How are you on this magnificent day? I'm very well. I am live at Tyrrell Ranwick. The sun is beaming down and we've got a great wait-for-age race here tomorrow when it comes, of course, to the tab chipping Norton Stakes. And just again, for any bit of an introduction for our audience, mate, tell us a little bit about yourself and what the daily sectionals are. Okay, so basically I'm a, I'm a, a fan of horse racing, of course, and a dedicated form student to the game that we play. That's probably in a, in a simple terms, but what do we do? Firstly, Daily Sectionals, the organisation, provides all the sectional times for all of Victorian racing through for RVL, excluding the, the metros, which is done by a different organisation. We also provide all the sectional times for all of South Australian racing and Western Australian racing. We provide the critical data pieces in terms of uh, the data analytics and the things we discussed last week for benchmarking to key racing bodies in terms of stewards, the integrity team. Basically, this is just a nutshell of some of the things that we do in terms of assisting the racing community. And then on a more open front, obviously I always encourage all the form students that want to evolve and learn more and I'm hoping that through the process of what we're doing now, Dave, is just having that opportunity just to talk, you know, deep dive sectional data, a little bit of further educational insight on other ways that you can utilise information so one can become the best they can be in this game. because. There's no one thing that's uh, right or wrong. All things uh, work for individuals, and I'm just hoping that I can share a bit more insight on how you can have more confidence in what you do in your form process, and when things don't go the way they're supposed to go with horses, that we could unravel it and find out why. Fantastic, mate. Let's uh, And for those listening out there, this will be available on podcast as well to go back and listen to. So if you're in the car today listening, maybe uh, on, the, on the work site and just missing things here and there, I really encourage you to go back and have a listen to what Vince is going to talk about here. So let's start, uh, Vince, with race number eight at Raw Ramwick, the tab chipping Norton Stakes. And I want to deep dive into to Animo. You've obviously in your time seen a number of really good horses. Mm-hmm. We love throwing the, ra- the, the word around champion when it comes to horses. What does the data tell you about Animo? In terms of like what it's done so far this campaign or from a holistic point of view? Uh, probably both. From this campaign okay. and, and a holistic point of view and, and obviously whether you you know can see him also, part 47 of that question, do you think that you can see him getting beat tomorrow or will he just win again? Well, I, I guess keeping it really simple and without, if we want to, I don't want to bore anybody into the deep dive, which we should go and so we can back up what I say. I'm not sure what price it is right now with the TAB fixed price or... $1.70, Vince. Yeah, that, that's a... <laughs> it's one of these things, when they're usually that sort of price on the tap, sometimes you like to wait and see, you know, like the flood of money coming because at the end of the day, my personal view is when it comes 
to you seeing momentum of money, nothing really beats the TAB from my perspective. And the reason why I say this is because that's where ultimately all the money floods into and you get real clarity. Now, at $1.70, maybe this horse should be $1.20, right? I mean, this is just keeping it very, very rural. Yep. Yeah, just simple. And maybe... For some people, the horse should be where it is. But my view is this. The performance of the horse first up at 1,400 metres was a 2.8 lengths faster than standard. And overall rankings was 10th best of the day. Now, I preface this by this. The barrier trial that Animo had leading into that race was phenomenal. It was a plus 1.8. In other words, 1.8 lengths faster than standard for barrier trials typically run at Rose Hill over 1,000 metres, and we do use some other blending techniques as well based on you know, real data from real races to give us, a, you know, a, I guess, a cross-check. And when I seen that performance, I said, this runner has never, ever come back that good. So I had a high expectation, obviously, when it stepped out first up, that it was going to be simply too good. Now, the reality is this. Animo went through the first section 11.3 lengths slower than standard at the Randwick run over 1,400 metres. This does two things. Number one, it makes it extremely difficult to run a fast time on the clock. The second thing is it opens up a big exertion in the mid-race, which is, and this is between the 800 metre mark and the 400 metre mark. Now, when we look at what Animo did, it went from 11.3 lengths below benchmark, hitting the 800 metre point, and then by the time it got to the 400 metre point, it was running 2.8 lengths faster than standard. So what has happened is, this particular runner has had to actually had to generate more than two seconds of energy in that 400 metres. And what this typically does, it typically brings horses on and have sharp elevation in their conditioning. And when I talk about conditioning, I'm talking about race conditioning, not just general training. And then when we look at the last 400 metres, it was fairly dynamic. It was 3.8 lengths above benchmark. Now, when you look at it visually, it didn't look like Anime just, you know, busted open the field. What we've got to note here from a rider perspective, between the 400 and the 200 metre mark, the horse was actually lost two lengths of velocity. And it wasn't because, you know, it got checked or blocked. It was the slowing motion. Now, when this happens, it does impact their overall performance. It does have a slight dullness to their finish, particularly when they're fresh. So the win could have been far more dynamic if that didn't happen. So what does that mean for a form student like myself into the future races? Firstly, as we touched on last week, I like to look at the history. Now we talk about Animo's profile. Animo has a rock-solid profile that's in, in excess of six lengths above standard. And this has come from a Cox Plate performance on two occasions, one was uh, back in 2021 and slightly less performance in 2022, but still more than five lengths above standard. Now, mind you, on our internal graphs, we have a projection for this horse to run somewhere around seven to eight lengths faster than standard. Now, he hasn't reached that level yet, yep. but there's been circumstances that hasn't allowed that to happen. Tomorrow, I have a very high expectation, barring bad luck, that this particular runner is going to improve at least two or three lengths wow. on what he did last start and is going to be 
far, far too good for the competition. Like, and I mean, it is. There's going to be daylight to second. There you go. So that is Animo we're talking about. Punish yep. race eight, number one there. And it just, it, I love that because we've obviously had the punish panel this morning and the guys. Oh, have right, been what did they say? <laughs> no, they were saying they were saying. Well, they were quite interested in Fangirl, to be honest with you, from a betting perspective, because a dollar seventy is Animo and. Luke Marlowe this morning was suggesting, well, you know, if, you, if I'm playing in the race with my own cash, maybe I'm backing Animo the place at $2.20 um, to try and get a bit more value. But, gee, it sounds like the 170 could be a bit of a steal if we were taking multis, etc. The fact that you're expecting that improvement. Just a comment I'll get from you on Animo then. Uh, not Animo, um, Fangirl. Yes, of course. Just based on what the guys were saying this morning. And they weren't potting Animo and saying he won't win the race. They were just Vince trying to play from a different angle to try and, I guess, get some more income for themselves. Okay. So is this a runner that is a high possibility of running second? For sure. Is yes, this a runner yeah. that in the event that Animo gets, you know, stays in the stalls and, you know, misses the start by 10 lengths, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm sure Fangirl could, you know, potentially win the race. I have no doubt about that. So from that point of view... I uh, can clearly understand that this horse looks the lot, from my perspective, looks a clear-cut second-profile runner in this particular race and does have plenty of ability as well. So I must not underestimate its capabilities. I mean, even that performance that it did last start was fantastic. It came from a very, very slow race shape as well in terms of the first section, 15.5 lengths below benchmark. The move in the mid-race was dynamic. In many cases, it was a better move mid-race than Animo. And then when we also look at the profile of what it did over the last 400, it was sensational. So my challenge is this, though, with Fangirl. We've got to look at the race shape. There is a high level of flatness that could occur with this particular horse because the exertion was much greater. So we do have to take that into consideration. So if we've got a race with good speed, this could dull the finish in terms of what you've seen at its last date. In other words, we're not anticipating this runner to have the same acceleration that it demonstrated last start. And I also have to note that there is this possibility that if they both find themselves close to each other, and I, I feel that Fangirl's going to most likely come from behind it, it's mm-hmm. going to be hard to out-sprint a horse like Anima. Even if they take off and they produce the exact same last 400 metres, there's still going to be that gap maybe of two lengths in transit, you know, approaching the 800-metre mark, which makes it hard. But, yes, I can see this horse clearly being a runner that... If you like to have a bet for a place, it can be considered for sure. If it's from a Maltese point of view, I totally get it. And, of course, if there's extreme adversity, then this would be the logical runner that one should consider. All right, fantastic. We're chatting with Vince Accardi this morning from dailysectionals.com.au. I suggest you jump on the website and have a look. Vince, another race in Sydney I'd like to touch on with you is the Surround Stakes. Uh, group one for Phillies. It's race number seven on the card. We were very impressed last time out with the, the run of In Secret. She's the $2.15 favourite with TAB. Much like Animo, in this race, is it as, is as clear cut from your data in terms of how you think her performance will go? Is she just better than better than this group of Phillies? 
Well, this is another runner that is a high-profile horse. It doesn't have the same markings at the moment in terms of the, if I look at the naked scale and the class in terms of where I've slotted each horse, there is a gap. I mean, at the moment, In Secret has had a lot less starts and it sits around 3.9 lengths better than standard if I'm looking at it from a holistic point of view. So that's several lengths behind a runner like Animo. But... On the flip side, this is a horse that's still, with, in, in terms of the way we're looking at the data, and me in particular, is we have a trend that's going upwards. What I can note is the following. When I looked at the barrier trial on the 30th of the 1st, the data that came back from that trial was around 4.1 lengths below standard. It was a solid uh, trial. It came with a pretty soft first section, good move in the mid-race, very, very solid last two and 400 metres on that particular trial. But it came in roughly on or thereabouts where this horse profiles from a trial point of view. So we did have an expectation this horse was going to obviously elevate into its first race start. And what it did, it produced a performance of 0.2 below standard first up. Again, race shape probably gave it a little bit of a negative in terms of only travelling 7.7 lengths slower than standard. Makes it hard to run time. It did produce a good mid-race move, but nothing of any uh, serious note. It was around a five-length move, so less than a second. All the energy was applied over the last 400. It was excellent acceleration. It was 5.1 lengths faster than standard. And the margin was very narrow, but the race shape is what made it narrow. Had there been more speed, there's no doubt in secrets margin might have been far greater than what it was. So we do have a big expectation this horse looks set to improve somewhere between one and a half and three lengths. And from my perspective, when I look at because I like to have just the, the basic fundamentals in terms of what's the hurdle rate, like in other words, what do you need to produce to win? to get you on the podium like at least first or second. The data is indicating you have to run around two lengths faster than standard to get it on the podium. And I, we expect that that's what In Secret's going to be able to do. Now, if it runs to its best, it's going to, I won't say look too good, but it's going to win comfortably, maybe by a length. But I'm not sure if it, it's going to be that easy for the particular horse. What I am comfortable is I, I love the fact that it's stepping up to the 1,400 metres. I really do feel that right now that's what this runner needs and hopefully we get to see this horse run somewhere near its peak. There are some, There is some competition, of course, and I'm not sure what the panel has said, but I definitely see that the, the horse doesn't have the race on its own, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, the panel were, were like that in, in, in a sense that uh, they were obviously very interested to see Zugotcha and uh, her returning to the racetrack, but her draw is quite awkward. Um, the other horse as well, they were quite visually impressed with last start, was Madame Pomery, horse number right. four. Uh, she seemed to make a lot of ground up last start at Randwick, visually. She did make a lot of ground. When I look at the profile of this particular runner, again, coming from a 9.4 lengths below benchmark, what you've always got to realise is when they run with that sort of race shape, the acceleration's always going to look good. Now, what I can articulate clearly is this. Because we can sort of do a direct comparison in terms of that with In Secret. In Secret had used a little bit more energy than Madame Pomery over the first 400 metres, around one and a half lengths. 
But the last 400 metre finish of that particular horse wasn't as good. So therefore, what this means is this. It's highly unlikely that this horse is going to be able to outfinish in secret because it had a bit of a, an advantage through the first 400 metres in terms of energy conservation, but in the end couldn't sprint as well. So my view is, whilst I feel this is a horse that's still got potential and can rise, I would be shocked if that horse uh, beats it. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Vince, while I've got you on the on the line, just a, a quick comment uh, in regards to one race in Melbourne, yeah. uh, which is going to be a, a sensational day there at uh, Sandown. And, mate, if, if it's possible, I might ask you about the Blue Diamond. It is the big feature there, the Labrokes Blue Diamond Stakes, obviously a, a game for the two-year-olds. I, I love hearing about this data on these two-year-olds. And one thing I'm really surprised with here, and maybe you're surprised as well, is that Steel City, who is a maidener, has run second on two occasions, is a $4.20 favourite to win the Group 1 for the two-year-olds. Um, does that surprise you from what you can see on your screens? Uh, well, <laughs> it depends on what lens you're wearing, right? So that's the key here with that particular horse. If we just look at straight form profile, you sort of sit back and say, OK, what do you do with a horse like this? It has broken benchmark, and we did talk about two-year-olds and the importance of being able to do that. That plays an important role from my perspective as well. Having that capacity to at least run to that level is always a good thing. But probably the bigger indicator is this. When you look at now the trainer profile, lining up the data... Now, firstly, Rose Hill last start, 0.3 above benchmark, 14th best performance of the day. What I note is this. Through the first section that day, the horse ran 2.6 lengths slower than standard. That was a three-length improvement in early speed when comparing to its first lifetime start. The big advantage was this, though. In the mid-race, the horse went two and a half lengths faster than standard or, or four and a half lengths of fast acceleration between the eight and the 400. When I compare that to the first run at Rosehill, it was almost 10 lengths better, which is significant improvement the horse had made. And then the last 400 metres, it actually improved its speed further, went 2.6 lengths faster than standard and was going to the line very strongly based on that race shape. Now, we also, if you remember, Dave, last week when we touched on there's big disadvantages when horses have to be slowed. And that's what happened to Steel, Steel City first lifetime start. It had to slow down between the 8 and the 4. And it's never a good thing for young horses. They find it very difficult to, difficult to accelerate. Here, coming into the sand down, we have a few things that we've got to deal with. This is not an easy track for a lot of horses. Why? Firstly, where they put the artificial finishing line, another 100 metres further down. In other words, what we have is we have a, virtually a 500-metre straight as opposed to 400, and you've got a downhill into a turn, and then it's up the hill all the way. So the timing of a rider is going to play such a big role, and this race, I can't help but feel, is going to have a lot of pressure. That The nervousness of obviously trying to win a big race like this plays an important role. But bottom line is this, I look at the trainer. When this trainer has a profile and they're engaging blinkers first time and they have a particular rider profile, there's a number of analytics that we do internally and what it suggests is usually horses have a tendency to improve 
speed-wise by about two lengths, and therefore there's a high probability, particularly with the blinkers on first time, that this horse might leapfrog dramatically and go from a benchmark 0.3 above to a plus two, two and a half. And if that horse does that, tomorrow it will win. Wow. Okay, I love it. Vince, thank you so much for being a part of the segment again today, mate. Uh, really looking forward to this over the autumn carnival. As I keep suggesting, you need to head to dailysectionals.com.au. You can email them, info at dailysectionals.com.au, or you can give the landline a call, the office a call on 03 9436 4669. Vince Accardi, you're an absolute gentleman, mate. I hope you back plenty of winners tomorrow, and I hope all of your clients do as well. Thank you so much for your time. Vince Accardi there, and that podcast will be up very, very soon. It's 10.48 on Sky Sports Radio. We've got Finding Winners next with Mick Gearan and Matt Jackson.